An entitled Karen steals my parking spot for months at a time, and after I ask her to please move her car, she keys the side of my car in retaliation. So in retaliation, I had her car towed out of my spot and dropped off 300 miles away in another country, and I've never been more happy to get my parking spot back in my life. Here's what happened. So I have lived in an apartment complex in Lisbon, Portugal for the last four years. The location's going to be important later, but if anyone's from here, you'll know that parking is a nightmare. Fortunately, my building has a private garage. However, as is often the case, some parking places are more difficult to park in than others. I thankfully have one of the easier ones. Last year, I was offered a job abroad and I took it. So I thought I would be nice and I parked my car at my parents' place where they have plenty of space and left a notice in the building elevator that went along the lines of stating that I'm going to be gone for six months so feel free to use my parking spot. Now fast forward and I ended up being away for a little bit longer, almost a year in total. When I came back, I saw that my parking spot was occupied, which I really didn't mind and I thought was okay, since I offered for it to be used in the first place. I put another notice in the elevator, this time to say I was back and would be using that parking spot again. I gave it two days and picked my car up from my parents' place. When I went into my garage, my space was still being used, so I had to park somewhere on the street and decided to give it another day. The day after, it was occupied again by the same car. So I asked around and after talking to a few neighbors, I figured out it belonged to a lady living two stories above me. So to try and sort this out, I went up to talk to her and she immediately got defensive and said that her parking spot is very difficult for her to park in. And since I was away for longer than I had announced, she was claiming that I had lost the space, which was really stupid logic as the spots in the parking garage are bought with the apartment that you get. Like this spot literally belongs to me. She also told me that I could not use her parking space instead, as she was using it for storage. So after that brilliant conversation, I decided to go to the building administration, who told me that they would talk to her. When he did and came back to me, he was shaking his head, basically telling me that he got nothing out of that conversation, which honestly is no surprise. So I sent a registered letter telling her to stop using my space and giving her 48 hours to take her car elsewhere. The very next day, I saw the unopened letter in the garbage bin beside the mailboxes. So I ended up scouting my garage, waiting for her to leave so that I could immediately park my car, hoping that she would take the hint. But she wouldn't move her car and we ended up doing this dance for several weeks. In fact, this led up to one day when I came back to see my entire driver's side door scratched up and keyed by who I can only assume was this entitled Karen. And at this point, I had just about had enough. And I decided that now I'm going to get revenge. So I talked to a friend who owns a towing company and we chose a Saturday morning to be the day that we towed her car. Now I've been watching carefully and the last few weeks she had not left her home on Saturdays. So I thought we'd have a big chance of her not noticing anything until everything was done. Now the plan was initially to leave the car just down the road but that felt too close and just a little too easy. Then I thought about leaving it in a city about 15 minutes away but even still it didn't quite feel right. My friend then joked said, let's leave it in Madrid, Spain. Now, mind you, Madrid, Spain was about 300 plus miles away. Now, I knew he was joking, but Madrid did feel right. I asked him if he had enough time, and he said that he did. So we said, you know what? Let's do it. So we literally traveled all the way to Madrid, and once we got there, we went out for lunch, strolled around the city, and waited until the streets were empty while it was dark. In the meantime, we had already decided on where to leave the car, that being in handicapped parking close by a police station. 
station. And so that's what we did. And as a bonus, my friend also took both license plates off the car. Then after the deed was done, we drove all the way back home. Now at the moment, it has been two weeks and I haven't seen her car back in my spot ever again. One of these days, I might leave a letter in her mailbox telling her that she might find some good luck in contacting the Madrid police. They might have a good idea of where a car is. But in the meantime, I'm going to be enjoying using my parking spot whenever I want to. That is some serious revenge. I mean, my first instinct would have been, hey, let's just go call the police and have them figure this out. But this guy's like, you know what? Let's take her car to another country, rip off the license plate, and then come home. Like, that is a serious level of revenge that I never even considered. So it really makes me think that, yeah, this original poster had had enough. He was done dealing with this entitled Karen, and the fact that she most likely keyed his car really must have been the final straw that broke the camel's back. So I think technically the original poster is the jerk in this situation. I will say that the way they handled it is probably the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I guess the moral of the story is don't park in this guy's spot because if you do, your car just might end up in Madrid, Spain. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. An entitled family walk into our wine tasting establishment and allow their kids to run around like crazy while they themselves drink one too many. And as a result, their spoiled children knock over an entire shelf full of glasses. And I'm honestly so dumbfounded by their disgusting entitlement. Here's what happened. So I work at a wine tasting establishment now. Since our town has a massive tourist industry and we're smack dab in the middle of Main Street, we get a lot of families stopping by. It's already not recommended to bring kids into the building since we pretty much only serve wine. We also have a charcuterie board and sparkling Italian sodas that we use to make mimosas with, but that's it. We're also in a historical building from 1855 that has all original walls, floors, and even some furniture. It's not very kid-friendly to say the least. Nonetheless, we still let people bring their kids in as long as they stay respectful to our building. Well, this brings me to last night. A couple came in with their two young children about 30 minutes before closing time, and something already seemed a little bit off when the lady started pulling bottles of wine off the shelf to show her nine-year-old all the pretty wines. And the younger kid only said the word champagne over and over again the entire time that they were there, which makes me think that's one of the few words this kid even knows. They all eventually sat at a table while their parents got their drinks. Once they got them, the kids started running all around the building without the parents supervising them whatsoever. We tried explaining to the parents that this area is dangerous for kids to be playing in, considering all the cracks in the floor and the literal tons of glass that is all around the building. The parents reined in their kids for a little bit, but then as they continued their drinks, they eventually let their kids go back to running around the building and grabbing things off the shelves with absolutely no care for their kids' safety. After a while, I noticed that I didn't see the kids anymore, so I did a walkthrough of the building to find two kids huddled around a bottle of wine in the bathroom, and as you could probably guess, they were trying to get it open. I took the wine bottle away from the kids and went to go tell the parents about it, and as I was approaching the parents' table, I heard a loud crash and a bang right behind me. I turned around and saw the shelf that we keep our wine glasses in on its side, with a mountain of broken glass and the kids bawling their eyes out. Before I could even say anything to the parents, they immediately went on the defensive, and the mom started yelling at me about not having our shelves bolted to the floor, which we can't do that because we need approval from the historical society before we do anything in a historical building such as this. They also said that I 
I'm lucky that the kids weren't hurt because she would have filed a lawsuit if they got injured. The dad didn't say a word and as they were leaving, he just left a $100 bill on the table, collected his kids and walked out of the building without even saying the word I'm sorry or anything like that. I would honestly prefer if people would not bring their kids into our establishment at all. But if you are going to do it anyways, please keep an eye on them at least. I'm not a babysitter and I'm definitely not responsible for the safety of your tiny idiots, especially when you want to try and have a drink that's going to impair your judgment. How obnoxious is that mom? Like seriously, you go in there with all this expensive stuff and this expensive glass and wine and you seriously just let your kids run around all over the place? Like that is literally so irresponsible. It's not even funny. If those kids got hurt or injured in some kind of way, it literally would have been the parents' fault altogether and not the original posters in the slightest because the original poster has it right. You should not bring your kids into a place like this that absolutely is not child-friendly. So maybe in the future, put up some kind of camera system to monitor this area so if something does go wrong and these people try to sue you, then you can at least be like, nope, I've got proof that your kids were running around and you were doing nothing about it. That will hopefully deter people from just letting their kids run around like idiots. Or maybe even having management or the historical society stepping in and making some kind of age limit before any kid can run in here, run around like an idiot, and shatter another shelf full of glass. An entitled Karen parks her car in my driveway, blocking it completely. So as a result, I get her car towed and I call the police to report this lady. And when she finally does show up to the house, she is incredibly unhappy. Here's what happened. So I woke up this morning at about 7 a.m., checking my outside cameras as I normally do in the morning, when I'm greeted by the infuriating sight of a new gray Toyota sedan firmly blocking my driveway. Now, even though it's frigid outside by California standards, I go outside to see if the person was inside the car and was about to move their car or something like that. I was hopeful that this was the case so that I wouldn't have to escalate things any further. They were predictably not inside, so I called parking enforcement. It took them an hour and a half to get here, but apparently the person who blocked me in was in no rush in the slightest. Thankfully, the parking enforcement officer was very nice. My mother and I handed over our IDs to prove to them that we actually live there. He then asked us if we wanted the car towed, and I told him, honestly, whatever gets them out of here. He told us to have a good day, and we went inside to watch the show from our security cameras. The tow truck guy shows up, and this guy and the officer begin to have a conversation. Now, with the unholy racket the tow truck guy was making, the very loud conversation they were having, and the car alarm going off, you would think that this person would come skipping down the street any minute now, right? Nope. In fact, it wasn't until the tow truck guy and the officer were about to drive away that this older woman, maybe in her late 50s, makes her way down the street, seemingly with no concern on her part, asking why her car was about to be hauled away. The way she was gesturing and pointing wildly, you would think that we did her a serious wrong. The officer very nicely pointed out, no less than five times, that she was blocking our driveway. But this entitled Karen seemed to not comprehend that it wasn't against the law, even after he showed her the pictures that he took of her car while he literally spelled it out for her. You could hear him saying, here's the driveway, here's the property, and here's your car. You are clearly blocking it. She tried to argue with a tow truck guy about getting her car back, but he did that shrug that clearly said, well, it's on the hook already, so you'll have to pay to get it down. So she handed over her ID while throwing our house dirty looks, like she expected us to come out and berate her. But honestly, there was no need to do that. These guys were doing a fantastic job of taking care of that already. Now, here's the kicker of this entire situation. 
situation. She did not even have the car keys. This woman apparently handed them off to a relative, so she was obviously planning on leaving the car there all day. So she had to go all the way back to her house, which was pretty far down the street, mind you, just to try and get a spare key. And in that time, an extremely nosy neighbor of ours across the street decided to stick her nose where it didn't belong, asking the men why the woman was getting towed, even though she saw her blocking our driveway. The tow truck guy literally gestured at our driveway, stating that they couldn't even get out if they wanted to. And he said this with that incredulous tone of voice that you only reserve for the slow-witted ones. In the end, she had to pay to get her car back. Her and the neighbor had a long talk, gesturing in our direction while conversing in snooty voices as if anyone even cared what they had to say. And the best part is she got to take home a nice present in the form of a ticket on her windshield. So I really hope for her sake, she not only learns not to do that stupid garbage again, but that a parking ticket definitely is in her future if she ever tries to block my driveway ever again. Honestly, the entitlement of some people when they know they've been caught doing something that is absolutely wrong is seriously astounding. Like this person seriously thought it would be okay to just block someone else's driveway while she went for a stroll or something and she didn't even have her car keys with her. Like that's just obnoxious and it's just really rude in my opinion. And it's also really funny that the neighbor across the street would somehow take this person's side when they were clearly blocking someone else's driveway. Like there's literally no good excuse for that. You can complain and get angry at the property owner as much as you want, but you can't expect to go around and try and park wherever you want without the expectation that yes, your car is going to get towed. My entitled boss fires my coworker who handled crucial responsibilities for several of their functions in the company. And because I was so upset by their decision, as well as their horrible treatment towards me, I decided to get petty and I refused to do the job of my friend who just got fired. And as a result, their sales are down and they are furious that nobody stepped up for six months and told them that things were going downhill. Here's what happened. So I was working for a manufacturer years ago. It was a small operation run by a husband and wife where the husband was the CEO with a sister business of a front-end platform that was run by the wife's brother. The husband's mom and some cousins also worked there between the two businesses. With an operation like this, you had the typical micromanagement from the CEO, minimum wage pay for top dollar performance expectations, and the general nonsense you can expect in a setup like this. I had this job while in college and needed to build my resume. They let me have a flexible schedule so I could leave early for my night classes, as well as when I had midterms and finals. So I knew I had to stick it out. After six months of working there, my job responsibilities grew tremendously, but my salary did not. There was a high turnover rate in the office that shifted from, oh, we're just a family kind of environment, which really meant that actual family got special treatment, while everyone else was expected to do a crazy amount of work without getting any kind of credit. One of my friends, we'll call her Katie, that's not her real name, was looking for work and my company was hiring. I told her what she was getting into, but as a recent college graduate looking for office experience, she decided to give it a shot. First off, my referral bonus never came, even after she had worked there for over 90 days, and I was told that I shouldn't inquire about it because I referred someone to help the company, not to get the extra money, and I wasn't in a position to push that further, so I just let it go. I trained Katie in her role as she was taking some of my old responsibilities. Well, the CEO and the wife didn't like how much time the two of us spent together because apparently we were talking to each other and they felt that we were spending way too much time away from our desks, which honestly wasn't true because the only time we left our desk was to use the restroom or go get some water. Now, this made no sense because I handled product onboarding and Katie suggested 
suggested products for curated events, so it was very important that she knew what products were coming out and when she could start promoting them so that stock wouldn't just sit in the warehouse. We separately had meetings with the CEO and the office manager put us on probation for this behavior. And when that happened, I decided, you know what? It's time to be maliciously compliant. As a result, we stopped talking to each other as much in the office, effectively cutting me off from curating events and making it impossible for Katie to use our new products on the upcoming events. Now, events could be scheduled anywhere from a week to several months in advance. So it was a great way to boost sales and visibility for our new items. My friend, unfortunately, ended up getting fired for having a brain and questioning some of the stupid policies. Also, for doing something so outrageous as taking her unpaid lunch hour, showing up at 9, and leaving at 5. So basically, the punchline is she did nothing wrong and she did her job. Now, normally, I would have gone into the platforms to curate the events until they found someone to take over the role. But fortunately for me, I was feeling pretty petty. I had been there for a little over a year. I was training employees, teaching myself the ins and outs of all of our retailers' backends just so I could upload products, as well as coordinate with our factories overseas, the freight companies, and our warehouse so that products would be live as soon as we had stock. And with all of that still in mind, I was still getting paid like I did for the minimal role I had when I got hired. So you know what? Not my job, not my problem. Fast forward a few months, and the CEO decides to show up to work on the office floor instead of working out of his private office, which was really annoying because whenever he was on the floor, he was always super loud and disruptive to everybody around us, and the general flow of the office was just off a little bit. I overhear him talking about sales from the past few months, specifically about sales from events, so naturally my ears perk up. He starts getting louder. I don't get it. There's this huge decline in sales. None of our new products are getting any traction. I haven't been addressed, so I just keep tapping away at my computer, and I act completely oblivious, despite the fact that I know the truth. He calls over the office manager, and they start hashing it out, talking amongst themselves that six months ago, the sales for our new items went down significantly. And when they said that, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that makes sense. That's when you told me and Katie to stop talking. Then they went further and said that three months ago, the sales they usually receive dropped about 70% overall, which is also comical because three months ago is when Katie was fired. Eventually, the two of them piece together that they need to blame whoever is curating the events and the CEO starts this witch hunt, asking everyone in the office, whose responsibility is it to work on these events? Now, with all the things I know about the situation and after having heard just about enough of this garbage, it finally gets to the point where I just can't stay quiet anymore. The office is too small and I play too big of a role in product management. So I chime in, look at them and I say, oh, wasn't that Katie's responsibility? The CEO then replies, she hasn't worked here in three months. You mean to tell me no one has been submitting products for three months? And at this point, the CEO was livid and it's clear that I am now in the path of his rage. Why has no one been handling this? Everyone is kind of looking around and the office manager, we'll call her Karen, starts to shift the blame onto me since technically Katie was in my department. Now, once the finger pointing started, I was absolutely prepared to defend myself. I looked at them and I said, well, Karen, I thought you were the one who was in charge of managing and keeping track of every employee's role. So Karen replied by saying, I am, but you knew this is an important part of our sales and marketing. I replied by saying, the week before she was let go, didn't you specifically get all of her passwords and a complete list of all of her tasks? The Karen replies in the affirmative, as she is clearly concerned with where I'm going with this. So I continued, and after she was 
let go. Did you communicate to me that those tasks were now my responsibility? And that's when Karen said something that absolutely blew my mind. Well, no, but I shouldn't have to. As if it's my responsibility to read her mind and take care of her company. I responded by saying, but you're in charge of delegating responsibilities, as well as making sure all work is assigned to the employees. Are you implying that I was supposed to know that you had a list of tasks that were unassigned? Why would I assume that you didn't delegate those to another team member when that's an essential part of your role? And needless to say, while Karen was very annoyed at me, I knew for a fact I absolutely was not taking the fall for this one. So as a result, they didn't ask me to curate events. Karen ended up handling that, which got them to hire another person very quickly because it was too much work for her on top of all of her other duties. So watching that firestorm honestly was so satisfying and these people absolutely deserve it. These employers are absolutely obnoxious and I have 100% worked for people like this where it's a family owned business and they literally treat you like garbage and pay you the minimal amount while still giving their children all kinds of special treatment. I know exactly where this original poster is coming from. So when this original poster explained that they didn't get any money for their referral, I was not only not surprised, but also incredibly disgusted. I mean, what an awful way to run a business. These people seriously should be ashamed of themselves. They hover over their workers and micromanage them, and it's honestly obnoxious being treated that way. So I don't blame this original poster for reacting the way that they did after their friend got fired for practically nothing from the sounds of it. Like, these people 100% deserve to have some kind of inconvenience in their life, especially if this is how they're going to act towards an employee who does everything, and all of this without getting a raise. Like, come on, if you're going to have this kind of responsibility thrust on a lower-level employee, the least you can do is pay them what they're worth. Because at the end of the day, working any kind of job is not a charity. You can either get paid what you deserve, or that company's going to lose a very hard worker. And hopefully, for the sake of the original poster, they're able to find another job that's going to treat them right. Because this place sounds absolutely awful, and you do not deserve to get treated like this in the slightest. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.